Welcome to the Catholic Truth Podcast, where we teach and preach the truth of the Catholic faith without compromise and without apology. We want to give you high energy and non-boring Catholicism, where anyone at any time can come to know exactly what the Catholic Church teaches and why. We do apologetics, spirituality, other religions, our culture, and more. Most of all, we want to inspire you, inform you, and help you to know, love, and live your Catholic faith with purpose and passion. We are Catholic Truth. So many people don't know the love of Jesus Christ, the love of our wonderful God. And I talk to people all the time across the board, Protestants and Catholics, who struggle with this. And in fact, I was at a church once and I saw a girl and I felt like God asked me to go speak to her and tell her about his love. And that's really difficult to go up to a total stranger. And I said, I'm not going to do that, God. But if she leaves right after communion... I'll go chase her down and tell her and ask her about your love. And sure enough, she was the only person to leave after communion because this was on a Holy Thursday Mass and not really many people leave. So she left. And so I followed her and I said, excuse me, I have a question for you. Do you know that God loves you? And she said, yeah. I said, do you really know it? Or are you just programmed to say yes? If you think God looks down at you, do you think that he loves what he sees? And she said, oh, well, I hope so. You know, I, I hope God loves me, she said. And I said, God does love you. And he sent me out here to tell you that because you weren't sure. And I went on to tell her about the unconditional love that God has for her. One of the core problems we struggle with in our relationship with Jesus is that we believe that God's love is conditional, not unconditional that we have to be good enough, that we have to earn it, that we have to dot all of our I's and cross all of our T's. And if we do enough good and we're really faithful to God, then he'll love us. But if we don't, and if we sin, especially if we do mortal sin, well, God is not going to love us anymore. I mean, he's going to be looking down on us and, you know, piercing us with his laser eyes of disapproval. The reality is that our whole understanding and relationship with God rises and falls based on how we see him and whether we understand him as a loving God or we see him as a dreadful God, as an angry God, as someone who's sitting up in the clouds judging us, looking down on us, you know, burning a hole in our soul with his eyes, watching every single thing we do. He's up there pounding his fist or maybe he's just, you know, disappointed with you and he just shakes his head and he just he's emotionally distant and doesn't want to deal with you because you keep falling over and over and over again. But does God love us when we sin? And the answer is yes. We have to come to know who God really is. I mean, we don't even like to be around our fathers if they're angry tyrants or our bosses or a friend because they're always angry and we have to walk on eggshells so we don't disappoint them and we try to, you know, monitor what we say. But who wants to be around a person like that? People like this have no friends usually or not many friends. And so who would want to be around an angry God who's always just judging you and looking down on you? But that is not the reality of who God is. Jesus Christ has come to reveal who God is and to show his unconditional love to us. Here's the reality. God loves you in every situation. Every possible situation, God loves you. He loves you all the time, not sometimes. He doesn't love you when you're good, but he withdraws his love when you sin. I mean, some people think that. 
And again, across the board, I've counseled Catholics and Protestants on this who struggle with this. They don't feel good enough for God. God is not loving only when you do good, and then he withdraws his love, and he disapproves of you when you do bad and when you sin, especially when you're in mortal sin. You know, he takes back his love. That's impossible. God can't do that. Humans do that, but God does not do that. God is not fickle. God's love is not dependent on how we act. And that's hard for some people to believe. I mean, I know people who pray all the time, and yet they still wrestle with the fact that God doesn't love them, or God's angry at them, or disapproves of them, or they have to do enough rosaries, or do enough prayers, or they have to do enough novenas, or they have to do enough to please God. Because when you do enough, then God will love you. And in a sense, you have to earn God's love. Now, I know we have to earn love on earth for many people, humans, but God is not a human. And I know one girl who struggled with this in particular, and she said, I can't believe it. You know, God, look at me. I'm a terrible person. I'm horrible. And I don't understand how God could love someone like me. I was like, well, I love you. I was like, you are, you know, a lot of the things that you say you are, but that doesn't change the way I feel about you. I still like you. I still want to be around you. I still think you're a wonderful person. You have a lot of great gifts and you can overcome these struggles that you're struggling with and become a better person. And if I accept you and love you, even in the midst of all your sin and fault and failure, how much more is God? So I asked her, am I or is God more patient? And of course she said God. And I said, so is God or myself more kind and loving? And she said, God. And I said, is God more everything or am I? I mean, go through every virtue Patience, love, kindness, goodness, everything. God is infinitely more loving, kind, faithful, generous, everything than me, or even the best person on earth. And yet we think that humans still accept us, but God doesn't. God withholds his love because he's not that kind, he's not that generous, he's not that faithful, he's not that good, and he's not that merciful and forgiving. But the reality is we're thinking of God in two different ways. We're saying with our mouths that he is, but our minds and our hearts are lying to us to say that he's not. So we're almost living a contradiction of our life. And so I've talked to so many people who have confessed their sins to me, and they thought I was going to judge them, and I only loved them. And I said, God is infinitely more loving than me. He's infinitely more merciful than me and kind than me. And he's a wonderful father who loves us unconditionally. I've told this story before, so I'm only going to tell it again briefly. But I remember when I was about four or five years old, I can't remember the exact age because I was young, but we were going by this house where they had these three ferocious German shepherds who used to try to jump the fence and they'd bite and they'd growl and I'd freak out. And I remember running to my mom as a little boy and I said, Mommy, I don't want to go by the killing dog's house. That's what we used to call them. And my mom got down on her knees and she said, Brian, don't worry, the dogs won't get you. And she's looking me right in the eyes. And I said, but mommy, how do you know? She said, Brian, even if the dogs did jump the fence, she's like, I will fight the dogs for you. And I said, but mom, you'll die. And I started getting emotional and she looked me in the eyes and she said, Brian, it's okay. I'm happy to die for you and to give up my life so you can run away and be free. 
And my mom was willing to die for me so that I could be free. That's amazing love. And I was a hell child to her in high school and in college and a little bit after that. And yet she had such unconditional love for me that she would have laid down her life and died for me. And I'm sure she would have done that even when I was a hell child in high school and college. Now, God shows us how much he loves us, the book of Romans says, chapter 5. It says that even while we were in our sins, Jesus came to die for us, to shed his blood for us, to have one of the most painful deaths ever for us so that we could die and be set free. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He came to save us, not when we were good, but when we were bad, not when we had it all together and we were perfect, but when we were atrocious and we were spitting at him and we were giving him the finger and we were telling him to get out of our lives because of our sins. God came to die for us and he said, I love you. So when God came for us at our worst and he died for us, isn't that proof that he loves us? He didn't need to. He could have let us rot in our filth and go to hell as we deserved. But he loved us so much, he came to take our death and to take our hell and to give us the freedom and the reward of heaven, of eternal life, of freedom and forgiveness. Now, make no mistake, God hates sin. But make no mistake, he loves loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And he loves you. And some of you out there, you need to hear that. He loves you. Yes, you and all of your faults and all of your failings and everything that you hate about yourself and you're struggling with. He loves you. He, he loves what he sees. You are the apple of his eyes. He loves his creation. And while he hates the sin, especially because it separates you from him, he loves you and does not withdraw his love. And in fact, the opposite is true. When we mortal sin, we withdraw our love for him. We choose other gods. We choose other idols. But God himself, this is the good news, he does not ever withdraw his love for us. And in fact, he yearns, he desires with a holy fire for us to come back to him, to receive forgiveness and to fall in love with him again, to be reconciled to him and not to be freaked out and, oh my gosh, in my scrupulosity, am I good enough for God? Does God love me? Our whole relationship is based on whether we're good enough or not. I mean, and maybe maybe this will make you feel better, but you're not. You're not good enough. And you don't have to be because God is. We can stop trying so hard to please him and let him work his grace in our lives. We can stop trying so hard to do every single thing perfectly right and give it up to him. It's such a burden to have to live a perfectionism that we can't live. God knows our faults. He knows our failings. And we need to give it up to him and let him work his grace and his perfection in our lives. So again, God hates sin, but he loves us. And he's calling us always, always, always back into reconciliation with him. And he's always wanting to give us his graces. My wife and I went through a three-year period of hell in our marriage, and we did things that were wrong, that were bad. I mean, we were really mean to each other. We were toxic at many points, and it was just a bad part of our marriage, and both of us were struggling in many different ways, and I hope to make a video on that in the future so that maybe it could help other people, but the reality is we didn't leave each other. And there were many temptations to, and you know, but I just kept saying to myself, you know what, I love my wife in good times and in bad, in sickness and in health, till death do us part, and in bad. True love loves in good and in bad, 
all the time without fail. It's strong even in the bad times. And so why would God abandon you in the bad times? Why would God abandon you when you fail him? And in fact, you're the one who abandoned him. You're the one who runs away. We think God disapproves and he runs away, but you're the one who ran away through sin. Every time we choose sin, we're choosing something other than God. We're choosing an idol or another false god or the devil in some way. We are the one running away. But the reality is that God's love is unmovable and unshakable for us. He's always there. And that should be, that is, it's not should be, it is good news. So stop trying so hard and beating yourself up and banging your head against walls and worrying day in and day out if you're good enough and you're trying to live a perfect life and you're trying to overcome sin, but you keep failing and failing and failing again. Stop the madness. Stop. Let God love you. You. Let God love you. Let God love you. He loves you even in spite of all that sin. St. Therese of Lisieux who is one of my favorite saints, she said if she had committed all the sins in the entire world, all of them, murder, theft, adultery, everything, God would not love her any less. And she said that if she saw Jesus, she would jump in his arms, run as a little child and jump in his arms with total abandonment and beg for forgiveness, knowing that all of the sins of the world are like a tiny drop in the ocean of his immense divine majesty the ocean of his forgiveness and love. That's the love of our God. He's not a little God. Stop treating him as a little God who can't forgive you, who can't make you over. Let him love you. Even in your sins, he loves you. Even in your faults and failings, he loves you. And he's looking at you with great love. So struggle against sin. Sure, hate sin. We should. But give it up to God more. Focus more on God's love, kindness, peace, joy, goodness, and mercy. But the difference between people who have a good relationship with God and a bad relationship with God, I mean, among other causes, but in this particular circumstance, it's knowing that God loves you unconditionally. And once you know that, and you know Jesus loves you, and he died for you, and he did everything to set you free, no matter what you do, no matter how many times you do it, and no matter how heinous the crimes you did are, once you know Jesus Christ and his love and forgiveness, you will never go back. You will be set free free, free. Praise God. Like all you can do is praise God because he, that's what we're going to do for eternity is praise God because he loves us infinitely. In conclusion, St. Thomas Aquinas said that the greatest sinners have the greatest right to God's mercy. So if you are a big sinner, you have the greatest right to God's mercy. You're like first in line to be able to receive it. And even if you've sinned a hundred thousand times a day, God will not be tired of picking you up a hundred thousand and ten times a day because he will not be outdone in generosity or outdone by the devil. So run to him. Run to him. Every time you sin, every time you fail, run to him and say, God, I did it again. Forgive me. Please give me the grace to try harder. God, I failed again and again and again, but God, I know you love me. And if you want me to overcome this, then I need your grace. I need your strength. I need you in my life. And I'm giving up my weakness to you and I'm begging for your strength. Last, last thing, and this is a little bit of a side note, but I've seen so many people who are angry, hostile, condemnatory, rude, and just mean online, even though they're Christians. And I include Catholics in that because many of these people don't know God's love themselves and they are so hard on themselves and they think 
falsely that God is hard on them in return. And so they go out and they judge everybody else. They go out and are hard on everyone else. And they go out and they're mean and they condemn everyone else and they tell them they're going to hell and they tell them to get a brain in their head and they tell them that God doesn't love them and that they're on their way to burn if they don't repent. And all it is is condemnatory, fear, guilt, because that's exactly what they struggle with themselves many times. Anxiety, depression, just difficulties in life, and really an over-preoccupation with the fact that they can't overcome sin in their own life. So if that is you, you need to stop evangelizing for a while, and you need to retreat to God, and maybe even do a retreat, but retreat to God and learn to let him love you. Learn to know his love. Read the Bible. Read the scriptures, especially the four gospels where you see the love of Jesus for everyone in action, except for the hypocrites and people who refuse to listen to Jesus, the Jewish leaders. Everyone else, no matter how big of a sinner they are, over and over again, he accused the first apostles, the leaders of the church, of having no faith, and yet he loved them with an everlasting love. And he loves you with an everlasting love. I really hope this has helped to inspire you and help you in some way. Maybe you don't need this message, but you know people who do. You know people who are angry and yelling at people online and condemning people online. And even in just their evangelization, they're always just calling names and putting like 50 laughy faces. And they're just sarcastic and snarky. And so that doesn't really help anybody. And it's not from Christ. And it's not the way Christ taught us to evangelize. So we need to get rid of that in our life effective immediately because it's not from Christ. Turn your life around. Repent of that and do better. Many of us can't do better until we know Christ, until we know his peace. And once we get rid of the anger, then we can know his peace. And once we know his peace, we'll get rid of the anger. Know Christ, know peace. If you don't know Christ, you won't know peace in your heart. So come to know Christ. This world is desperately desperately dying because they don't know the love of God. People leave church. They run away from church. They run away from the sacrament of confession because they think that God's going to judge them and he's looking down on them and he's being mean to them, when in fact just the opposite is true. Please help consider supporting our ministry, $10 a month, $25 a month, $50 or more a month to help us reach souls and save lives. We desperately need patrons, we desperately need you, and we would love to have you help us to save souls and change lives. And if you would like daily inspiration, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and all of that below. God bless you. Please pray for me as I am always praying for you.
and God bless.